Section 42 of China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sandra Schmidt. The World Story, Volume 1. China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 42. A Chinese City at the End of the Thirteenth Century by Marco Polo When you have left the city of Chang'an and have travelled for three days through a splendid country, passing a number of towns and villages, you arrive at the most noble city of Kinsai, Hangchao, a name which is as much as to say in our tongue, the City of Heaven. And since we have got thither, I will enter into particulars about its magnificence and these are well worth the telling, for the city is beyond dispute the finest and the noblest in the world. In this we shall speak according to the written statement which the queen of this realm sent to Bayan, the conqueror of the country, for transmission to the great Khan, in order that he might be aware of the surpassing grandeur of the city, and might be moved to save it from destruction or injury. I will tell you all the truth as it was set down in that document. For truth it was, as the said Messer Marco Polo, at a later date, was able to witness with his own eyes. And now we shall rehearse these particulars. First and foremost, then, the document stated the city of Kinsai to be so great that it has a hundred miles of compass, and there are in it twelve thousand bridges of stone, for the most part so lofty that a great fleet could pass beneath them. And let no man marvel that there are so many bridges, for you see, the whole city stands, as it were, in the water and surrounded by water, so that a great many bridges are required to give free passage about it. And though the bridges be so high, the approaches are so well contrived that carts and horses do cross them. The document aforesaid also went on to state that there were in this city twelve guilds of the different crafts, and that each guild had twelve thousand houses in the occupation of its workmen. Each of these houses contains at least twelve men, whilst some contain twenty and some forty. Not that these are all masters, but inclusive of the journeymen, who work under the masters. And yet all these craftsmen had full occupation, for many other cities of the kingdom are supplied from this city with what they require. The document aforesaid also stated that the number and wealth of the merchants, and the amount of goods that passed through their hands, was so enormous that no man could form a just estimate thereof. And I should have told you with regard to those masters of the different crafts, who are at the head of such houses as I have mentioned, that neither they nor their wives ever touch a piece of work with their own hands, but live as nicely and delicately as if they were kings and queens. The wives, indeed, are most dainty and angelic creatures. Moreover, it was an ordinance laid down by the king that every man should follow his father's business, and no other, no matter if he possessed one hundred thousand peasants. Inside of the city there is a lake which has a compass of some thirty miles, and all around it are erected beautiful palaces and mansions of the richest and most exquisite structure that you can imagine, belonging to the nobles of the city. There are also on its shores many abbeys and churches of the idolaters. In the middle of the lake are two islands, on each of which stands a rich, beautiful, 
and spacious edifice furnished in such style as to seem fit for the palace of an emperor and when any one of the citizens desired to hold a marriage feast or to give any other entertainment it used to be done at one of these palaces and everything would be found there ready to order such as silver plate trenchers and dishes napkins and tablecloths and whatever else was needful the king made this provision for the gratification of his people and the place was open to every one who desired to give an entertainment sometimes there would be at these palaces a hundred different parties some holding a banquet others celebrating a wedding and yet all would find good accommodation in the different apartments and pavilions and that in so well ordered a manner that one party was never in the way of another the houses of the city are provided with lofty towers of stone in which articles of value are stored for fear of fire for most of the houses themselves are of timber and fires are very frequent in the city the people are idolaters and since they were conquered by the great khan they use paper money both men and women are fair and comely and for the most part clothe themselves in silk so vast is the supply of that material both from the whole district of kinsai and from the imports by traders from other provinces and you must know they eat every kind of flesh even that of dogs and other unclean beasts which nothing would induce a christian to eat since the great khan occupied the city he has ordained that each of the twelve thousand bridges should be provided with a guard of ten men in case of any disturbance or of any being so rash as to plot treason or insurrection against him each guard is provided with a hollow instrument of wood and with a metal basin and with a timekeeper to enable them to know the hour of the day or night and so when one hour of the night is past the sentry strikes one on the wooden instrument and on the basin so that the whole quarter of the city is made aware that one hour of the night is gone at the second hour he gives two strokes and so on keeping always wide awake and on the lookout in the morning again from the sunrise they begin to count anew and strike one hour as they did in the night and so on hour after hour part of the watch patrols the quarter to see if any light or fire is burning after the lawful hours if they find any they mark the door and in the morning the owner is summoned before the magistrates and unless he can plead a good excuse he is punished also if they find any one going about the streets at unlawful hours they arrest him and in the morning they bring him before the magistrates likewise if in the daytime they find any poor cripple unable to work for his livelihood they take him to one of the hospitals of which there are many founded by the ancient kings and endowed with great revenues or if he be capable of work they oblige him to take up some trade if they see that any house has caught fire they immediately beat upon that wooden instrument to give the alarm and this brings together the watchmen from the other bridges to help to extinguish it and to save the goods of the merchants or others either by removing them to the towers above mentioned or by putting them in boats and transporting them to the islands in the lake for no citizen dares leave his house at night or to come near the fire only those who own the property and those watchmen who flock to help of whom there shall come one or two thousand at the least moreover within the city there is an eminence on which stands a tower and at the top of the tower is hung a slab of wood whenever fire or any other alarm breaks out in the city 
a man who stands there with a mallet in his hand beats upon the slab making a noise that is heard to a great distance so when the blows upon this slab are heard everybody is aware that fire has broken out or that there is some cause of alarm all the streets of the city are paved with stone or brick as indeed are all the highways throughout manzi so that you ride and travel in every direction without inconvenience were it not for this pavement you could not do so for the country is very low and flat and after rain it is deep in mire and water but as the great khan's couriers could not gallop their horses over the pavement the side of the road is left unpaved for their convenience the pavement of the main street of the city also is laid out in two parallel ways of ten paces in width on either side leaving a space in the middle laid with fine gravel under which are vaulted drains which convey the rain-water into the canals and thus the road is kept ever dry you must know also that the city of kinsai has some three thousand baths the water of which is supplied by springs they are hot baths and the people take great delight in them frequenting them several times a month for they are very cleanly in their persons they are the finest and largest baths in the world large enough for one hundred persons to bathe together when any one dies the friends and relations make a great mourning for the deceased and clothe themselves in hempen garments and follow the corpse playing on a variety of instruments and singing hymns to their idols and when they come to the burning place they take representations of things cut out of parchment such as caparisoned horses male and female slaves camels armor suits of cloth of gold and money in great quantities and these things they put on the fire along with the corpse so that they are all burned with it and they tell you that the dead man shall have all these slaves and animals of which the effigies are burned alive in flesh and blood and the money in gold at his disposal in the next world and that the instruments which they have caused to be played at his funeral and the idle hymns that have been chanted shall also be produced again to welcome him in the next world and that the idols themselves will come to do him honour furthermore there exists in this city a palace of the king who fled him who was emperor of manzi and that is the greatest palace in the world as i shall tell you more particularly for you must know its domain has a compass of ten miles all enclosed with lofty battlemented walls and inside the walls are the finest and most delectable gardens upon earth and filled with the finest fruits there are numerous fountains in it also and lakes full of fish in the middle is the palace itself a great and splendid building it contains twenty great and handsome halls one of which is more spacious than the rest and affords room for a vast multitude to dine it is all painted in gold with many histories and representations of beasts and birds of knights and dames and many marvellous things it forms a really magnificent spectacle for over all the walls and all the ceiling you see nothing but paintings in gold and besides these halls the palace contains one thousand large and handsome chambers all painted in gold and diverse colours there is one church only belonging to the nestorian christians there is another thing i must tell you it is the custom for every burgess of this city and in fact for every description of person in it to write over his door his own name 
the name of his wife and those of his children his slaves and all the inmates of his house and also the number of animals that he keeps and if any one dies in the house then the name of that person is erased and if any child is born its name is added so in this way the sovereign is able to know exactly the population of the city and this is the practice also throughout all manzi and Cathay. and i must tell you that every hosteler who keeps a hostel for travellers is bound to register their names and surnames as well as the day and month of their arrival and departure and thus the sovereign has the means of knowing whenever it pleases him who come and go throughout his dominions and certs this is a wise order and a provident end of section forty two this recording is in the public domain